Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Monday, January 8th. Let's jump into today's top stories. Michigan AD Ward Manuel acknowledges making it to the college football playoff title game is sweeter given all of the off-field challenges the program has faced this season. Not only did the team have to play and compete on the field of play, they had to listen to all the noise and everything that was going on, deal with issues that were there in front of them, in front of us, and I'm just so proud of how they handled it, compartmentalized it. Manuel also talks about the difficulties the team faced during the COVID season and tells the Big Ten Network's Dave Revson, I wasn't going to get rid of Jim Harbaugh during COVID because we were 2-4 to four with everything going on around us. It wasn't the right thing to do. Jim's a great person, a great coach. Where does it get to people not understanding the circumstances surrounding that year didn't change Jim as a coach but changed the way you managed that season? So, I loved him then, I love him now, he's had tremendous success and I'm proud of him. Manuel says that success has been validating because I believed in Jim as a coach and his ability to produce what we have had in the past three years, and even before COVID we had great success, we just didn't beat one team. College football playoff executive director Bill Hancock decries the profanity-laced emails and calls members of the CFP selection committee received following the announcement of the 14 field. Hancock said, it's ridiculous. Every NCAA sports committee receives criticism from the teams left out. I've been doing this for 35 years now. I've seen it and understand it, but this one, I haven't seen anything like this one. Hancock says CFP officials have been in contact with the FBI regarding the threats committee members have received and is totally disappointed by the accusations and vitriolic rhetoric from politicians in Florida over Florida State's snub. Also from Houston, CFP officials delayed a vote to adopt a 5-plus-7 format for next year's playoff, however, Mississippi State President-slash-CFP Board of Managers Chair Mark Keenum says he would be shocked if the 5-plus-7 model isn't approved in the next two to three weeks. The board did accept a recommendation from commissioners that conferences must have at least eight members to be eligible for a CFP AQ. It also sent back down to commissioners a concept that would prevent SMU from receiving additional revenue from the CFP as a Power 5 team. The Pac-12 stands to make $18.5 million from the college football playoff this year, including $11.7 million from Washington's birth in the title game and Oregon's selection for the Fiesta Bowl, and Sportico's Eben Novi Williams and Daniel Libet wonder whether either school will ever receive that money, writing, the CFP distributes its bowl-related payouts in April, which is likely after the agreement, between the Pac-2 and the 10 outbound members, is finalized but still part of the Pac-12. Conference's current fiscal year, and it's unclear if the money from these games will be considered shared revenue or future income. A representative for Washington State, one of the two remaining members, said in an email that many in the Cougars athletic department believe it will be shared across all current Pac-12 schools. Representatives for the Pac-12 and Washington declined to comment. An Oregon athletic spokesman referred questions to the conference. Novi Williams and Libet observed the $18.55 million is ultimately relatively small in the grand scheme of the financials at play, with each school presumably set to receive $1.54 million after it's split 12 ways. But $1.54 million is nearly 25% of the $6.5 million UW and UO will likely owe the Pac-12 under the current settlement agreement. It's also slightly more than what Washington said it spent on all football recruiting in 2021-22. As Washington State and Oregon State explore their media rights possibilities for next season, John Canzano.com's eponymous publisher observes, given that the two schools just won a $255 million settlement, I expect they may be willing to trade some revenue for better exposure. 
They need to make sure they don't disappear from television next season. I'm told by a source that OSU and WSU had some talks with multiple potential media partners, but don't have anything firm in place at this point. Said the source, it's a very tight market right now. Canzano notes that Fox and CBS may want to add some inventory, but that buying all the games carries some risk. If the two teams aren't great next season, for example, the networks are stuck with them for the season. It's more likely that the Beavers and Cougars sell individual games as a la carte offerings to Fox, CBS, and other networks such as ESPN. They may even dive into streaming. As far as rebuilding the conference goes, Canzano points out the two schools will likely lean into the two-year NCAA grace period. If football does splinter away from the other sports as Chip Kelly has suggested, OSU and WSU might not have to pay big exit fees and add members. There's a lot of strategy to be sorted out in the next 6 to 12 months. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Monday, January 8. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.